and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this Worldwide Communion Sunday. You see some of us dressed in international dress, and you'll see a few more a little bit later in the service. There, is, we, um, there should be in each pew near the center aisle a friendship pad, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today. Whether you're a regular or whether this is even your first time here with us, fill it out and pass it down and let everybody else in your row fill it out too. Um, you will see there is an announcement sheet called the connections in your bulletin. This evening we have a speaker from India who is going to be talking to us about poverty and minority situations in India. Her name is Sushma Ramswamy and she's an international peacemaker who is traveling around with the PCUSA visiting churches, particularly in our area this week. That's at 7 o'clock this evening, and you're all very welcome. Our MOPS group has been going for two weeks, Mothers of Preschoolers. There is still room for people to join. So if you know a mother who has a child anywhere from pregnancy to uh, kindergarten, it is for them, and you can see information about how to sign up online, or you can, they can come visit and decide whether they want to join us. Also on the inside, you'll see that our third Friday group is going to be having back again Dr. Cordula Dick-Mulkey. We're very excited that she's coming to talk to us about successful aging, not so much the way our bodies age, but the way the rest of us ages, our spirits and our spirituality of aging. And she is a wonderful speaker. That's a potluck, but we do need you to sign up for that so we know how many are coming. Men's retreat is in two weeks. And there's room still for a few more men to go. It's always a great weekend, and you can sign up online for that. Also in our bulletin, you'll see that we have two adult Bible studies that are going on that are studying in a deeper way what we hear in the sermon on Sunday, the same text. One of those is on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock upstairs in our library. The other one is Tuesday nights at 7, and they are open groups. You are welcome to come anytime that you would like to do that. Our Hogue Parish nurses are giving us flu shots next Sunday morning, all throughout the morning, uh, and that is courtesy of Hogue Hospital. And so we hope that you will come and get your no-charge flu shot. Also, our outreach committee has pointed out to us a way that we can support military families, and that is through buying tickets for their annual fundraising variety show. You can do that also on the patio. Our blood drive will be at the end of the month, and we need people who can volunteer to donate, but also people who can volunteer to help make that thing happen. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Lord, in the spirit of this World Communion Sunday, 
We come with your people from every nation and race and language. We come to this place, to your table, because you have acted in all of human history to reconcile us to yourself and us to one another. You've ransomed people for yourself. We ask this morning now that we would be filled with the Spirit of the living God and that the fruit of the Spirit may grow within us as we live our lives. Thank you for the blessing of worshiping you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship. Jesus came and said to the disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, Jesus, Lamb Lamb of God, God, you alone are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So let us stand and worship. Sing, church, hallelujah.
instruments. Every nation, every tongue, every tribe will sing this song. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. And we will crown him, church, Lord of all. For the Lamb sits on the throne. Let's hail him as our matchless king through all eternity. to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us pray. God of every people and nation, we confess that we have not lived as global citizens in your new realm of justice and peace. We build up dividing walls in the world. We contribute to division in the church. We ignore the suffering in distant lands and live in fear of our closest neighbors. Forgive us, God of grace. Pour out your spirit of peace upon us. Break down the dividing walls among us and raise us up to be a holy temple, your temple of peace in the world, built on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, in whose holy name we pray 
and in whose name we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. My friends, once we were strangers and aliens. Now we are citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. People of God, hear the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. beautiful it is to see representatives of the nations of the earth bringing their offerings to the Lord. It is touching, and from my perspective, you know, when I was in India in um, the 1993 it was, one of the things that happened to me was that I fell in love with the children of India, with their beautiful eyes, never thinking that my son Jeff would marry a young lady from India with those beautiful eyes. And to have Jeff and Rachel's mom, Betsy, bringing the bread of India this morning, I can't tell you how that touches my heart and the gifts that all of us bring together. 
Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. And this, was, this is what was sown on the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And the short passage from the very end of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians he writes this very personal word in Galatians 6.11. See what large letters I make when I'm writing in my own hand. It is for those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything but a new creation is everything. As for those who follow this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From time to time, we all have to do what I did a couple of weeks ago. Took one of our cars out to the smog center in the canyon for its test so that we could renew the license. As the man rolled it into the rack, I was seated in the office, but I could still hear the test being conducted. The wheels were spinning. The motor was racing. It was going through us various speeds. And then when he was finished, in very short order, he came walking into the room with the good news. <laughs> you passed. And I rejoiced that the test was over. It was in light of this that, that I've read very carefully all the reports about the VW Corporation, Volkswagen, who in their efforts to sell more diesel-powered automobiles developed a computer program so that they could cheat the system. This computer program apparently is able to tell when the car is on the rack and the wheels are spinning. And all of a sudden it makes changes to allow the diesel to perform according to state standards. And we all know how important that is for air pollution issues. But once it's on the road again, it goes back to regular belching forth noxious fumes, <laughs> diesel, a part of me says, 
VW say it ain't so. The BBC had a picture of the American flag with the VW, with a silver VW image uh, brand broken. I remember when I bought my first bug. I loved that little car. And I nearly drove the wheels off. Eleven million diesel fueled Volkswagens around the world having to be recalled. 500,000 in the United States alone. And the lawyers are lining up everywhere. How many millions it will cost, we do not know, maybe even billions, whether the company can survive. But a big part of me just simply says, say it ain't so, VW. Say it ain't so. What will that company have to do? What, will, what process will they need to go through in order to rebrand their product? so that they will once again have credibility and find trust in the marketplace. Well, this is the kind of world we live in, in which the authorities in which we have trusted, who have participated in the marketplace, have in one way or another, whether they be economic, Wall Street, political, church, you name it, What is characteristic of the human condition is that we have betrayed trust. And the central issue is the question, how can we be rebranded to live with integrity and honesty? And this is an especially important question for the church in our time. I was touched by the article in the LA Times about Pope Francis. And it was about his, his visit to the United States last, last week. Have you ever seen anything like the clamor to catch a glimpse of a representative of the church, of the Catholic church, with all of its problems? How do you account for that? with the pre-sexual misconduct and the abuse of wealth and all of that. The brand of the Roman Catholic Church has been shattered. And yet here comes a pope from South America, from Argentina, who somehow has captured the imagination of the nations. who has a beautiful smile, a Jesuit, the first Jesuit elected a pope. And he absolutely overwhelms wherever he goes, including the United States, Washington, D.C., New York City, Philadelphia, with the message of pastoral compassion with an understanding of humanity's needs for the grace of God, carrying in his soul, I believe, a theology of what one Jesuit said is a theology of failure, symbolized by the cross around his neck. And he comes in the article saying, he comes as a rebranding of the church. And he discovers that there is a very profound and deep hunger and thirst amongst the peoples of the nations for integrity and faithfulness and compassion and love and mercy. And he has declared this year the Jubilee of Mercy. And then his coming, he comes not riding a war horse or driving in a Rolls Royce or a Cadillac with Jesus saves on the side, but he comes riding an inexpensive Fiat.
And he speaks to the nation about poverty and justice and compassion and what it need, means to rediscover our humanity and our need for the grace of God. As a Jesuit, he has discovered in his own life story his need for grace. He comes as a forgiven sinner. And he simply extends that smile and his arms. He kisses babies. What politician would not love to, fought, to have his quality of life to speak the truth? To not only speak and talk, but to walk the walk. How do we explain character like that? We explain it by his encounter with the living Christ. Passage we read in Galatians, the Apostle Paul is speaking about himself. And he says, I have been marked by Jesus Christ. I have been branded by Jesus. In the waters of baptism, I became identified with the cross, with the death and resurrection of Jesus. On Easter Sunday, I was raised to walk in newness of life. And I've been called to go forth into the world to proclaim the gospel with the promise of Jesus that if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. You see the cross, the theology of failure, what might be seen as failure, has become redemptive because there's not a, no one of us here or anyone that walks the streets who's not very much aware of our need for mercy and forgiveness in touch with the failures of our lives. And Jesus himself faced into that. And we look into the cross. We usually see it as a sign of victory, and it is. The victories of God over the powers of sin and death. But basically... What it means in some way is that Jesus faced failure face to face and died there with the crowds mocking him. And if it were not for Easter Sunday morning, the story would have been finished at that point. Pope Francis came very simply, manifesting the fruit of the kingdom of heaven in his life. Because his life had been touched by Jesus. We ask ourselves, what are those fruits that we are called to manifest so that we might be the persons who are not only salt that can preserve the world, but light that can shine the light of the kingdom of God into the darkness. What are those fruits? We could talk about this all day long, but I just think of the precious words of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who... Show mercy, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You let these seeds be planted in your soul. I can tell you they will finally drive out the rocks and cultivate the soil and put down deep roots in your life so that you will begin to feel and experience the passion of the kingdom. And you'll begin to abide in Jesus, listening to his word, guided by his spirit manifesting love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and self-control, you'll be a new creation. 
a forgiven sinner who's begun a long journey in the same direction. I believe the Pope is a good Jesuit has spent on many, many years before the cross of Jesus and that his life has been branded by the reality of the kingdom of God. And he's come to not only understand in an intellectual sense the message of the kingdom, but he's come to trust it and to believe it for it's real in his life. I want that kind of realness. How about you? I want that kind of integrity that comes as a gift from heaven. I, I want that kind of new life, of new creation, of life in the Spirit. I want to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk with enough humility to know that I don't always make it and that I too live by a theology of failure and forgiveness. And so we listen this morning and we believe and perhaps without even being aware of it the fruits of the good soil are blossoming forth in our lives. Thanks be to God. And we come to the table. This table speaks to us of the reality of the cross. Here we receive the broken body and shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and rediscover that great mystery that it is in the midst of human weakness and failure and sin and death that Almighty God acts to redeem us and to brand us with the cross and to send us forth as new persons. May God bless us as we come as one people reconciled, a holy people, people filled with the fruit of the Spirit, people called to be a witness to the nations, salt and light for the glory of God. Please join me in our affirmation of faith printed in your bulletin. These are words from our new Confession of Belhar that will be added to our book of confessions. comes from the church in South Africa. Let us stand together. We believe that God has entrusted the church with the message of reconciliation in and through Jesus Christ. We believe that the church is called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We believe that the church is called blessed because it is a peacemaker. We believe that the church is witness both by word and by deed to the new heaven and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
Lord, we gather to praise you with your church from every land and every tongue and every tradition, Protestant, Roman Catholic, Orthodox, Coptic. We thank you for our brothers and sisters throughout this community and around the world who gathered at your table already today while we were still sleeping and who will gather together yet later today. Lord of the nations, in a world that is divided into warring camps. Only you bring reconciliation, for you reconcile us to one another, and even more amazingly, through Christ, you reconcile us to yourself. We pray for the very human needs of our world, for those fleeing their homes, for lives torn apart by violence, by warfare, by natural disasters. And we pray for the needs of those closer to home whom we love, for those who grieve, for those who are ill and recuperating. We offer these gifts as a sign of our desire to share our resources for the building of your kingdom. We ask that you will use them and that you will use us, that by the power of your spirit you will deepen our witness and our healing presence in this needy world. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. As a people of God, we come from east and west and north and south and sit at table. We are drawn to this table. We are attracted to this table. For here is mercy, here is truth, here is love. Here is the witness to the power of the cross that takes what appears to be human failure and transforms it into the reality of life and love. People will come, and we come this morning. We are invited to come simply because we know we need grace, forgiveness, healing, hope, we come trusting in the goodness of God and that God, through the power of his word and spirit, will grow within us the fruit of the spirit to the glory of God. Let us join together in our unisar responsive reading of our great prayer of thanksgiving. Christ came to us proclaiming peace. Peace to those who are near and peace to those who are far away. In Christ's body, we are joined together. In Christ's body, we are made one. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Blessed are you, O God, for you have prepared this feast of grace for all the nations and peoples of the world a sign of the day when you will swallow up sin and death forever. Therefore, with all the earth, with saints and angels and all in heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and declaring, holy, holy, holy. We gather around this table to celebrate with joy your Son, our Lord Jesus. He died in our place, making atonement for the sins of the whole world the perfect sacrifice once and for all. You accepted his offering by raising him from death and granting him honor at your right hand on high. Christ is alive forever. We are because he is. By your spirit you dwell amongst us. 
inviting us to be part of your kingdom of justice, peace, and redemption. With all your people around the world and throughout the ages, we have become your family, brothers and sisters through his blood. We are one body. We share one bread, one cup, one Lord of all. Lord Christ, host at this table, how grateful we are that you invite us here as your guests. So pour out your spirit on us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Even as we pray for the day when your kingdom comes in its fullness, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this, remembering me. In like manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup and the pitcher and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes and the new creation is made perfect in the fullness of time. Our ushers will bring you a row at a time. We invite you to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and commune. Prayerfully return to your seats down the side aisles. Would our elders please come and join us here to serve us? Yeah. 
Let us pray. God of all nations, we give you thanks for this feast of your goodness and grace. As you have nourished us in Christ Jesus, you call us to rise and to go forth to feed and to serve others, sharing your peace with the whole community, showing your faithful love to the world through Jesus Christ, bread of life for all. Amen. We are alive. Out of the dark and into your marvelous light. We are waiting. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in my love. Abide in my word. Allow me to come over and over again, Jesus speaks to the church, to rebrand you, to mediate grace, to fill you with the power of the living Lord. 
Go forth in his name. Amen.